Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Masech the Shabbos, the ninth parak with Mishnah 3 and Mishnah 4, parak Tess, Mishnah Gimel, Mishnah Dalid. And we're continuing to look for various scriptural allusions to Dinim de Rabbanon's rabbinic ordinances that are found throughout Tanakh. The halacha is that the, the uh, sperm is considered viable for three days when it's uh, after after relations. So how do we know for those three days is considered the woman what comes out is considered tamay? And that is to say, if it so the woman has to go to the mikvah um, on all three of those days, assuming that it comes out. How do we know? Because the, when the Jewish people were receiving the Torah, they were told to for three days to prepare themselves, i.e., refrain from relations, so that they wouldn't be tamay on the fourth day when the Torah was given. The assumption was that the third day of the Milah, the third day after the Bris Milah, is considered a um, the most dangerous day, and the way in which you have to prevent any sort of sickness from, from coming in harm to the baby is to bathe the baby. So how do we know, therefore, that even though it's Shabbos, one is allowed to bathe the baby in warm water, which is a rabbinic prohibition, we don't take baths on Shabbos, that's because of the called the Gezeres Balanim, the concern was that if people take baths in Shabbos, it's, it's going to lead to people heating up water, or the bathhouse attendants heating up water for the people, telling them, oh yeah, it's heated from before Shabbos. So in order to avoid that, we say, no, you're not allowed to take a bath on Shabbos, but how do we know you're allowed to bathe a baby? From last week's parsha that it says that Shimon and Levi attacked Shechem on the third day when they were in pain, as in, they took advantage of the fact that on the third day it was the weakest day and thus they attacked them so this tells us that the third day of any mila is the, the babies or the baby or child is considered weak and you can do we can waive the prohibition of bathing on shabbos how do we know that in the base of migdash and yom kippur part of the avoda part of the temple service was they would take two goats and one of them would be shechted la hashem and the other one would be la azazel and what they would do is take a piece of wool and a red wool and wrap it around the goat and send it off the cliff and then it would turn white when when the jews were the jews um, were were uh, forgiven. How do we know one should do that? Where's the source? Shinemar, so this as well comes up in Yeshayahu, in the beginning of Yeshayahu. Imu chatechem keshanim kesheleg yalbinu. If their sins will be like scarlet, red, they will become white as snow. And this is a, an allusion to A, the fact that we'll be forgiven, and B, it's a great new song by Joey Newcomb called Agutta Vacht. Okay, four. Mishnah 4 tells us, tells us, how do we know that anointing oneself is analogous to drinking and therefore forbidden on Yom Kippur? So, we find this expression again, even though there's no scriptural proof for the matter, there's an allusion to the matter. In, in uh, Tehillim, Dovah is talking about a curse that's going to befall certain people. It says, so will come like water into his innards and like oil into his bones. That is to say, as follows. The curse will enter them the same way water enters into their innards, oil will enter into the bones. And how does it enter into your bones? Through anointing oneself. So we see we are we saying that water and oil are similar and therefore the oil anointing oneself is going to be prohibited on Yom Kippur as well. I wish you all a wonderful day.